I think that we would not look at it as a disruption, but an integration uh, to our digital environments. And I think it, we're just inviting people to look at our digital environments in a different way um, and, uh, and, and, and to enforce the importance of our physical spaces. And ultimately that, that's key for us is that our physical spaces are important our, our person-to-person collaboration is important, um, but when you cannot have that, there has to be amazing tools. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. This is your host, CCB, and... We have another interesting conversation today with someone who is, I'm going to say, on the bleeding edge of uh, a part of our world of space. And the reason why I, uh, why we're talking with Erin McDonald, and I'm going to introduce her in just a minute, is because I read an article um, that in Work Design Magazine recently that, um, that she had authored, and it was talking about collaboration, employee collaboration, employee engagement, but in the office slash metaverse. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, let's stop and think about that. Um, We have conversations on a daily basis about employee engagement and collaboration and what are the tools that might support that. So we're going to have a very lively conversation. And I'm going to say welcome, Erin. We're so glad that you could join us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so now I'm going to say, instead of me introducing you and reading some you know, lovely bio. How about you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? What's your backstory? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. My uh, background is in interior design. Uh, my father was an architect, so I kind of grew up uh, in in the industry, if you will. Um, I became interested in lighting when I was in uh, design school, and I worked for as, as an interior designer for a short period of time uh, after I got out of school, but uh, quickly moved to the lighting industry. And for the last 22 years, I have worked and um, eventually owned a lighting and controls manufacturers agency. And we assist in design procurement and implementation of major lighting and building controls projects in Washington, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. And so as part of our jobs, we have to learn how to talk to electronic devices and buildings so we can communicate and control them. And we need to know how to connect to software to these devices also. So in our journey, we found a lot of limitations to scaling buildings and control systems, particularly closed protocol systems. So meaning they spoke their own language or dialect and no one else could understand how to talk to these other building control systems. So during the pandemic, we developed a software that would allow you to scale easier, but how we decipher the data became um, it made it, it, it was difficult and it was another problem for our, us to solve. So we built uh, a digital twin, um, which is basically just a 3D model of our office space and uh, put it in a gaming platform. And that's how we kind so of. So it's like uh, dog fooding your own. Yeah. Work on your yeah. own problem and, and move that forward. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. Well, so one of the one of the the sentences that that grabbed me was the idea of introducing the metaverse into a company infrastructure presents a new way to stay connected in hybrid work environments. So everybody we know is concerned about hybrid work and who's coming into the office and how often they'll be there and how are people going to connect. And so since you've been thinking about it, what are some of the like key attributes that you believe are going to be beneficial by introducing the metaverse? Yeah, well, I think that I we know that productivity is up and some of the, the numbers I've heard are as high as 22% um, in a hybrid environment, especially people at home. Um, but we know that collaboration points are down and that could be somewhere around, I've heard as high as 12%, but everybody seems to have a, a number hovering around there. And, and quantifying the cost of collaboration, I think can be clearly uh, quantified if you scrutinize your 2020 numbers, mm -hmm. um, because that was the year we lost collaboration completely and had to rebuild it in a different way. And so I think that, you know, I think that when it comes to what we lost in a hybrid environment, when we're trying to regain in a hybrid environment through, through what I'm using as the metaverse, I think, uh, you know, what started in our journey was I decided that we would put people in our digital twin and, and thinking that people would go in and collaborate there. And it really wasn't, it wasn't the case. Um, there's so much taboo around the metaverse that they 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 definitely resisted the idea of that, and so we had to kind of shift gears and create intent. And in intent uh, comes ease, and with ease comes collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, so we learned some big lessons already in the last couple of years uh, from you know this project we've been working on. Wow, that's so interesting. I'm going to say we had a, um, a conversation a couple of weeks ago with a number of leaders in the um, in our Bay Area across industries, and they were talking about, you know, what are the new metrics, you know, in today's world for um, successful environments? And the uh, the the clear thing to them was about innovation. So collaboration, you know, can be, you can collaborate and work with, but what's the outcome? And is, and innovation was one of the key concerns that are we losing that vital element? And this was biotech and um, high tech and uh, consulting, you know, people having a conversation around this. So I think it's really fascinating to have that um, lessons learned and understand what, what, what are some of the you know, things to make ensure that you accomplish while you're building this? And what are some of the um, like pitfalls? Yeah, obviously intent is one of them. Number two is, um, especially if you're, 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 you're bringing your company into the metaverse, you don't announce that you're going into the metaverse, that you should never just do that because it, it, it's, it's a broad statement and people are very nervous about that. Instead, you bring tools. Instead, you just, you don't even mention that it's in the metaverse. It is a tool that is on a gaming platform that you can use, whether it be a meeting tool 
or a new way to present PowerPoint that's more engaging because you're using more of your senses to engage with with a with a storyline or um, or you know whether it's uh, you know uh, some sort of other collaboration or engagement tool that you've built for HR or whatever showing that we're celebrating this person because he's been here for 20 years so it's about creating these tools with intent um, that's just it, it really is the underlying theme of it all um, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to do that for every different sector of business. So, well, thank you for raising that topic of all the different industries that potentially could be utilizing this tool to enhance their uh, their productivity, enhance their uh, their I'm going to say culture as well, because we know how important culture and purpose are to a lot of employees today. So um, how about if you talk a little bit about, I mean, I was, I was looking at, and forgive me for kind of bouncing around here, but I was looking sure. at, you know, different types of tools that, or different types of activities that could be taking place in this fourth space, if you will, you know, cause we had home, we had work and the, there was always the third space if that's the coffee shop. And we're kind of thinking about it as the fourth space. So there's another place right. that you have to do this. And, you can build brand awareness and yes, you can do training. Um, mm -hmm. There are events that can take place uh, mm -hmm. and meetings for sure. And then it, it gets a little bit uh, more hazy when you're talking about kind of sales and, uh, and retail, not retail so much, but, but sales in a larger kind of corporate sales environment. How does that work with the customer? Um, well, it, yeah, we needed a way to sell digitally and that's mm -hmm. been interesting. So we're creating these like for us or we sell lights. Mm -hmm. So we've created these parks that you can drop your avatar in and walk through with other people. Um, it's really interesting. I was having this conversation with um, one of the leaders at HOK the other day and, and we were talking about um, the, the zombie syndrome in the office where, you know, in the physical office, uh, there's a lot of people that are really just not engaged. They look like zombies all the time. Um, and she's like, I can't understand why that is since that sort of happened post, you know, uh, post pandemic. And why are they not engaged because they're back at the office? And, and I think it, it comes down to this. There's when you're on Zoom, you're only using a certain ch number of channels of input and increasing the channels of input can increase your engagement um, and attention to the matter. Um, you're not multitasking because you're forced, you're having to move your avatar, you're having to be engaged. And with that engagement comes memory tagging mm -hmm. and better recall um, when it comes to your brand and products. So um, we, we were finding it, um, we're finding that the days that we work in the metaverse give not only give us joy, but better recall, which is interesting. That's very, very interesting. I mean, looking at um, kind of neuroscience and the way mm -hmm. that, that the brain works and that, that whole idea of, of holistic engagement, uh, mm -hmm. it definitely does have the opportunity to um, tap more of the senses uh, which also does more engagement. And then there are those those elements that do memory and that do uh, uh, increase synapses, et cetera, et cetera. So, wow. 
Um, yeah. So, okay, so you so you worked on it for for yourself for environments, right? And then, right. And and you're bringing customers into the world. And does that translate into? Oh, I'm interested. How does this work? Well, there's a. F- it's coming from both directions now. A year mm-hmm. ago, it was much different. Now we have companies that will go to their go to our. the architects, our local architectural firms and say, I would like to have a digital twin with my project. And how do we, how do we use the digital twin um, to create revenue? And so that, you know, there's a lot of questions in that, but it was really interesting because, you know, the, what surprised me the most, the quickest and biggest adopter of the digital twin in a metaverse situation is distribution um, because they're doing asset tracking. They want to know where they're, forklifts are and they want to know that, that their refrigeration units are, are, are going and they want to have spatial, be able to make spatial decisions based on where the trucks are at the bay. So there's a lot of moving parts in real estate um, mm-hmm. in, in distribution. So that was the first, first one to kind of take off. But, um, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's retail um, as we talked about, um, but there was one that was really interesting to me um, uh, the Vancouver airport uh, created a digital twin of themselves and they're using it um, to make spatial intelligent decisions um, when it comes to when the planes are coming in, can they fit at the gates? Cause some of the planes are much larger. Um, and where is the traffic in the terminals and how long are the lines uh, for uh, security? Um, and then I guess the gift shops want a piece of their digital twin to to bring some Vancouver branding to it. So it's mm-hmm. been really interesting to see how um, different companies are using it. Um, and it's just a matter of having um, the right companies on board to be able to program um, them, uh, you know, for each individual company right now, because there's right. no protocol quite yet decided for what a digital twin can do. and and no real roadmap of how it can make money, but we know that um, from our experience that it's given us a, a significant increase in our brand equity, mm-hmm. um, giving us exposure to a lot uh, larger uh, income opportunities than we were before. So, so, so that being said, the um, what, what do you like from a resource standpoint? How how much do you have to invest in resources at environments to get this moving and it um it feels like there's a uh, a learning curve or an education component that has to be a part of it that not everybody i mean we're, everyone's at the beginning but not everybody's going to be able to embrace it or absorb it as as effectively are you seeing yeah i mean it, it's it's good for us because it ties into our our building control systems and mm-hmm. and and how we decipher the data uh, that those systems are putting through we're also uh, have created these apps that the end users can have um, to be able to control their climate and understand you know that the air is clean around them um, so we're taking it to all these different levels and and we're you know the the, the people part and the experience part of it is so, something that's been really uh, uh, an extra and the amount of the amount of people it takes to kind of create these experiences I guess it depends on how big the project and how 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 deep the client would like to go um but uh it's it's a matter of programmers 
So mm-hmm. uh, on staff, yeah. And they have to, you know, that's, that's, that's important. So there's, um, there's a much more, uh, I'm going to say holistic set of uh, skills that's required, that are required, um, than your, just your standard design practice. Yeah, you have to be able to take it a little bit further. You have to be able to, you know, the goal is to be able to connect it to the physical space eventually. So we're designing it as if now we're designing it to be connected to the physical space. So mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the idea behind it is, you know, smart windows. We would prefer not to design that with anything that we put on our bodies to have to wear to engage. So, um, it's literally about the screens that we're using and smart windows and smart displays throughout the office to be able to interact with these environments um, from a physical place. Everything that you say is just like kind of makes my brain like do cartwheels. <laughs> no, it just it was it was interesting because it, it, there was a lot of you know you read some of the futurist books and they say this is where it's going and and you know and I'm like well, well wait we can do that right now we know how to talk to things and get them to talk to us and and we we understand smart displays and how to you know how how to get them to engage and and to why, why shouldn't we build it right now we're we're in digital twins as as architectural mm-hmm industry, but this is where we've lived for years. So why not begin to, you know, converge the two worlds, Um, especially because we had to go, we had to leave and go home in 2020 and we couldn't be in these buildings. So we have to provide these, these points to anchor, you know, be able to be agile from. So if we're not in the office, then we can connect to our brand through, Mm these digital environments, but it's not just office space or anything. I think that we as humans communicate in a 3D environment. It's not natural to look at text all day on our screens. It's more natural for us to be engaging in these environments. And so if if our digital environments look like our physical environments, um, it, it, it can be sort of received by a human in the way, the same way that mimicry is received by a baby, which is ultimate flattery. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's something to that. Um, I, I'm going to say I've only dabbled in, um, in working in the metaverse and we've had little exercises, but we don't do it on a regular basis. So, and, and I am not of the, you know, gaming uh, background. So I'm not playing in that world. Um, and, and I just wonder what, from an adoption standpoint, and this gets back to there are organizations that are going to be, um, you know, more interested or further along on the continuum in accepting and embracing, but then what about the people and how are, how are you seeing in your experience, um, you know, are there, what's the learning curve or the adoption amongst the individuals? Sure. Well, I, you know, the inspiration behind this moving forward to putting people in our digital twin came from my children during, during the pandemic when they were on Zoom all day and unengaged and then went on to Roblox after they got off of Zoom and became engaged. (laughs) So I asked myself that question, why are they engaged in that, that digital environment, not the other 
and it's because it's a 3D immersive environment, so they're 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 more engaged in that. And so I I feel like I you know the the, I, the adoption came it 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 occurred to me that their perspective of a digital engagement uh, and a physical engagement were no different than each other. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. They would go up to each other in Roblox and they would say hi to each other. They would jump bump it down and say, oh, it's so good to see you, Reagan. Are you building a house across the street from me or whatever? And right. it was just a beautiful conversation. So I, I thought, okay, they don't understand it. But then the opposite end of the spectrum is the baby boomers. And they, we look, you know, they, there is a perspective on the digital engagement as it, it is, is little lesser of an, uh, uh, a type of engagement, they, they value it less. So I, I, I thought to myself, there's got to be somewhere in the middle. Like we don't have to go to this virtual world and completely replace it, but it could be augmented with purpose. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where these engagements came. So you don't go to your, your employees and say, we're going into the metaverse because the baby boomers will look at you like you're crazy. You just introduce a new tool, a new sales tool, or a new meeting tool. Like here we go. We're gonna go mm-hmm. in and and this meeting tool. And when you go into this meeting tool, you'll have to walk through our office and you'll be exposed to our office and you might see other people that you know in there. And in that comes engagement. But forcing people to go sit in an office and engage for collaboration time is just it's the worst way to approach something like this and and to get mm-hmm. engagement. It's an inviting people to engage digitally differently than they did before. Yeah, um, one of uh, one of our good friends um, at One Workplace is uh, is Brett Howtop, who used to be the head of uh, design for LinkedIn, and now he's doing consulting with other organizations about um, you know what what space might need to look like and how it might serve your organization and taking it individually, you know, looking at, um, at each one of his clients and in, in with all of their unique needs. And one of the things that he has been talking about, which I think you're speaking, you're speaking a solution, um, is the nature of, the, um, of conference rooms and like who decided that a rectangular, long rectangular table was a smart thing to do for communication and conversation. Um, and so the, yeah, the technology needs to change to be more supportive, but also the envelope needs to change to be more supportive. Mm-hmm. And the, what a fascinating way to, you know, kind of almost beta test, you know, what, so instead of making the investment in 3D, uh, you know, f- completed uh, yeah. physical space, you know, using the tool to, to test, test out different um, options. Exactly. I, yeah, I gave a lot of thought about what our, what our virtual space would look like. And, and I came to this, the world isn't ready for the virtual space to look any different than the physical space yet. They need the association with the physical space to understand that we can uh, make money or it, increase revenue um, in these virtual spaces, similar to the way we make um, 
we we go about our business in the physical space um but it but creating a space that doesn't have the the brand association um doesn't do justice so it's really about immersing people in your brand as you give them tools um to uh, uh to to think in different ways that they haven't before um it may be in a three or four dimensional way um we're designing a conference room right now where uh we're trying to draw in several dimensions so that we can turn things around and look at them from different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just so fascinating. I, I think about a number of the design exercises that we've gone through to try and get at, you know, what are what are better solutions? And and yeah, of course you could do mock-ups and yes, you can do renderings, but but being able to actually go into the space and hang out and figure out um, would be so much more effective. Okay, so who are your who are all of your clients? <laughs> well, we're we're actually our our clients are a lot of mid market clients right uh -huh. now, and we're and we're and we've gone through the building control sector with them, and they're they're interested in expanding upon it, and um, we've we've designed we think some solutions that are um, uh, uh, equitable for the mid market world, which was really important because in building controls for us, uh, there were no return, there wasn't a solid return on investment in um, a mid-market intelligent office solution. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had to, we had to, we had to solve that problem and bringing people in and creating engagement was the answer to that problem. So uh, our clients are uh, uh, corporations, uh, distributors, uh, we're working with some uh, higher ed, uh, smart campuses, um, uh, you know, we kind of run the gamut of uh, what we're working on right now, some retail. Wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, I, I told you it was gonna like come fast and this is yes. almost 30 minutes and I'm like, wow, there's been so many, so many <laughs> thoughts. I will tell all the listeners that uh, on the when we release the uh, the podcast, there'll be the web page that has the transcript as well as all the links, so that you can see more about Aaron and um, uh, environments and 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 any of the um, the specific topics that you've referenced that we can give links to. But um, if if what like what pearl of wisdom would you share uh, with? organizations or with folks that are considering augmenting their uh, environments with a digital twin? I think that we would not look at it as a disruption, but an integration uh, to our digital environments. And I think it, we're just inviting people to look at our digital environments in a different way um, and, uh, and, and, and to enforce the importance of our physical spaces. I mm. think that ultimately that that's key for us is that our physical spaces are important. Our person-to-person our -person collaboration is important. Um, but when you cannot have that, there has to be amazing tools. Well, you've um, certainly 
open the door to the creation of some really amazing tools. I want to say um, congratulations for all the good work and thank you so much for sharing um, sure. with the Wonder Podcast. Thank you for having me. You can, can I um, give my website? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You can find us at www.environments.tech. And um, I, I really appreciate you having me on today. Great. Thanks so much. Uh, the Wonder right. Podcast is available on all streaming services. So you'll be able to listen to this. And uh, I, we're encouraging folks that, um, that are starting to return to office locations to listen to podcasts on their way in. Now you have a little bit more time to do this again in a different way. So we're very grateful to have had you with us today, Erin, and thanks a bunch. Thank you.